The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. That was the sound from Vegas overnight as 64-year-old Stephen Paddock of Mesquite, Nevada, the gunman, opened fire from the 32nd floor of the Mandalay Bay Hotel. He opened fire on the 22,000 people at the Route 91 Harvest Festival at the Concert Bowl across the street from the Mandalay Bay and from the Luxor Hotel. Confirmed 58 people dead. 500 others injured, including two Canadians at this point. It is the deadliest mass shooting in modern U.S. history. 28-year-old Jessica Klimchuk from Alberta, Valley View area, was in Vegas with her fiancé. We can tell you she has been confirmed to be one of the victims from that Vegas shooting. She was an educational assistant librarian and bus driver for St. Stephen's School in Valley View, believed to be a mother of four. It's Jaylen and Andrew on the 6.30 Ched Afternoon News. Not a lot known about uh, the gunman. I'm sure we'll find out more. A very ordinary mm-hmm. person. It's, it's obviously not ordinary anymore, but a very ordinary individual. No known ties to any... A particular group, although there's claims to the contrary of that, but that hasn't been confirmed at all. That hasn't said there been has confirmed. been and officials are saying n- not at all. Right, at least ten guns found in his hotel room, uh, dying of a self-inflicted gun wound. Uh, yeah, it's hard to wrap your head around this one. Well, it's hard to wrap your head around all of them, yeah. um, to be honest, but uh, y- you wonder what the hell uh, was going on in uh, his mind when he when he opened fire, again, from the 32nd floor of Mandalay Bay Hotel on a, on a concert down below. Um, his brother, his brother Eric, has told CBS News that, um, that his brother had owned several handguns and possibly a long gun, but said had no idea where he got all of the rest of these high-powered guns. He said he's not an avid gun guy at all. The fact that he had them is just like, he's like, where the hell did he get them? Uh, His brother says that um, Stephen Paddock has no military background or no political or religious affiliations. He said he's just a guy who lived in a house in Mesquite and drove down and gambled in Vegas. He did stuff. He ate burritos. Yeah, you know, from what I've read and what I've Mm -hmm. uh, been told, Obviously, we still don't know what the motive is, may not ever know. Uh, there were some uh, other stories related to this, side stories, um, some indication that he had done some unusually heavy gambling uh, prior to this event, but even that story yet to be confirmed and not sure if he won or lost. Um, uh, 
And I'm not sure how they know that he was doing heavy gambling. But oh, I think he's uh, he sent a, his brother had said he'd sent a, a text of a picture from about a month ago of him winning something at a jackpot, mm. like about forty grand or something like that. So, anyway, what we do know: fifty-eight confirmed dead, more than five hundred hurt. This becomes the deadliest mass shooting in modern U.S. history. Two Canadians dead, uh, as we mentioned: twenty-eight-year-old Jessica Klimchuk, as well as twenty-three-year-old Jordan Mickledoon of um, Maple Ridge, B.C. Only child was at the. Um, Route 91 Harvest Music Festival with his girlfriend. He was supposed to return home tonight. We do have some interviews with some of the folks who survived, some um, Alberta residents who survived that uh, shooting. We'll get to them later on. We'll have full coverage on this, ongoing coverage throughout the day as well. And of course, we're going to keep you updated on the news out of Edmonton as well today, Andrew. Yeah, I mean, uh, charges laid against uh, the individual involved in the terrorist attack in Edmonton on Saturday night. Among the charges not laid, terrorism charges, but based on what I listened to in the uh, live uh, media available uh-huh. today, um, that it's uh, those investigations take time, that they're involved, that these were the charges that could be laid now, but there may be other charges laid down the road. Uh, I... I I honestly don't know. I I don't know how to react to any of this. I'm I'm exhausted. I'm just exhausted. I'm exhausted at opening my computer in the morning. Mm-hmm. You know, I I don't know how else to put it, and and I don't know what the solution is, and I don't know how I'm supposed to react to just news upon news upon news. I, I, CBS also reporting that Tom Petty has yeah. died now since being taken off life support. We'll keep you updated on that as well. I know some of you texting in about that. And I think that, you know, when we when we go through things like this and it happens, when we see uh, mass shootings, when we see um, what they're calling a terrorism incidents uh, happen in our own city, yeah, we don't know how to handle it. Um, but then eventually it passes mm-hmm. and we get past it. Um until the next time it happens, unfortunately. But at, at the moment, right now, you don't know how to react. You come, you, you become... Um, it's it's just too numb. much at times. That's, that's right. It's hard to put a word, right? Because you want to say... You just run out of words. You re- exactly. You want to say you're numb to it. I'm not mm-hmm. numb to it. Uh, you know, because numb's not the right word. You, you just... I don't know what the right word for it is. And part of the problem, I think, and I'm just speaking as a as a human part of the problem is you can't wrap your head around it because you you can't understand the motivation behind this even when the motivation is explained in a case like the las vegas shooting there is no motivation Mm -hmm. yet we don't know what the motivation is but you can't even speculate what the motivation might be because regular folks like us we can't Regular, we don't think that way, regular right? folks like us get up in the morning, we feed our dogs and our cats, right. we get our kids off to school, we go to our job and we come home to a, hopefully a nice dinner on the table, yeah. hang out with our family and friends and get up and re- do it all over again. We live life and we tend to love life and we get through the tough times and we can't even fathom um, what would put a person to do something like this. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, that's that's a big part of the problem is that you can't understand it. Even when, as I say, even when somebody, in the case of the Edmonton uh, terror attack, uh, you know, if it's found to be that, and it is, certainly it's a, mm-hmm. it, you know, it looks like it's a, a radicalized individual and, you know, 
he was just this was his way of uh, you know stating his hatred uh, so even that though you know okay so those are the reasons but for regular folks you can't think of anything that you believe in so strongly that you would want to take somebody else's mm-hmm. life so even though you know the explanation you can't you know really grasp it and and when you talk about this Las Vegas thing you know there's no explanation for mm-hmm. that and, and and then part of the problem in having a job like this is you can't even use the words that you would normally use if I was talking to my wife mm-hmm. or my kids, mm-hmm. because then somebody will criticize you for, uh, you know, collectively uh, insulting an entire group. I, so you can't say he's crazy or you can't, you know, you, I don't know. I, I honestly, Jay, I'm at a loss. He, he looks, you know, 64-year-old guy from Mesquite, Nevada, about 90 miles down the road from Vegas. Um, just apparently a, a normal guy, but we know that not normal. Some of you texting in and saying, why is this not being called a terrorism incident? Good question. Good question. That question's been posed to the police in the U.S. as well. It's a good question mm-hmm. because, you know, what he did was terror. Yeah. You know, there's a question. Because you know what? Yeah. What if, are you telling me if your skin color is white that you don't get labeled a terrorist? I, I, there's little things like that, and maybe that's not a little thing. Maybe that's a big thing that I don't know the answer to either. I, so you attempt to stab a police officer, and you have an ISIS flag, an ISIS in, your flag vehicle, in your car, which... so you're a terrorist. You kill 58 or more people mm-hmm. um, with no affiliation to a group. And you're a mass murderer. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't understand what terrorism is anymore. I, I don't understand how we define it. It. I thought when we talked on Friday or th- on Sunday, sorry, that it was uh, any act mm-hmm. that is mm-hmm. meant to incite terror or mm-hmm. fear. Mm-hmm. Well, so certainly shooting from a 32nd floor of a hotel in a resort town with, on a bunch of people, on a bunch again, of people who are at a concert, concert. certainly would incite. Fear, wouldn't it, going down the road to mm-hmm. ever be in a huge gathering mm-hmm. of any kind? Mm-hmm. But he's not a terrorist. So he's he, not being labeled a terrorist at this point by any police organizations. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, the other thing that I find curious, and again, just curious, is if ISIS says, oh, no, 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 he was a member of our group, or we... And they have said that. And they have said that. Then we believe that, or or some people believe that. But when law enforcement in the United States says, no, we have no evidence of that, then that's a cover-up. Interesting. So we're willing to believe ISIS over... I was reading um, uh, the Twitter feed today of um, a journalist in in the States who has covered ISIS for many, many years, and she said, you know, one of the interesting things, the differences between Vegas and... um, and Edmonton, why ISIS hasn't claimed the Edmonton suspect as one of their own is because they tend not to um, want to associate themselves with anyone who's in handcuffs, number one. Really? He got caught, he's in jail, he's, you know, that sort mm. of stuff. Whereas automatically that they will claim Vegas because they want to increase their body count. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating. She's a, she's a fascinating journalist, and you, when you read uh, some more of her stuff, I'll get her name for you coming up. Listen, it is 2.16. We're going to be talking about this throughout the day. Uh, we encourage you to send us your thoughts on uh, what happened here in Edmonton over the weekend, what happened in Vegas. We're going to take a break here when we come back. We do want to update you on the very latest on the Edmonton terror 
attack is what they're calling it, the terrorist incidents, although no terror charges have been laid yet. No terrorism charges have been laid yet. We'll find out why our very own Scott Johnson uh, was at the news conference today. We'll talk to him right after this. It's 2.21 on the 6.30 Chad Afternoon News. We'll continue with the coverage of what happened in the, the carnage, the, the terror, the, the mass murder that happened in Vegas uh, coming up. Right now, though, we want to update you on the latest about what happened here on Saturday night outside of that football game outside of Commonwealth Stadium where that police officer was hit by a car and then stabbed. The suspect took off before getting into a U-Haul vehicle and was found four hours uh, later driving down, well, at a check stop. He took off, was driving down Jasper Avenue in the process, trying to run people over. Four people injured. And that police officer on top of it, the good news is that um, everybody is recovering, but some charges have been laid uh, with the suspect, and we're learning more about the suspect. 6.30 Cheds, Scott Johnson joins us this afternoon. Hi, Scott. Hi, guys. Okay, you were there first off on uh, on Saturday night after, you know, that football game. You were down on uh, Jasper Avenue. You were at the police conference at, at City Hall. Can you give us an idea, first off, of what that was like on Saturday night? Saturday, walking down Jasper and talking to people, hey, did you see anything? Everyone was pretty well oblivious to it because they're out on a Saturday night having a good time. They're mm. not paying attention to the media or social media or anything like that. So did eventually get over to the Matrix Hotel, uh, walked by several people who were asking police, you know, can I go here, can I go there? And uh, they weren't allowed anywhere near the hotel and uh, there was the U-Haul on its side, and not many people knew what was going on as they tr- drove through back alleys and that to get out of the area. And then we got word that about 2 o'clock that at 3 a.m., uh, Police Chief Rod Connect would have a statement and would have a news conference. So it went from there. So, Scott, I think the question that most of the questions that most of our listeners want answered are the most obvious ones, and I'm assuming they were addressed today at the media availability. Why was the suspect not charged with a terrorist offense? They assume, again, because now that charges have been laid on the uh, five counts of attempted murder and that, the information is being clamped down because it'll be before the courts. So a lot of those questions were asked today of the Integrated National Security Enforcement Team, which is RCMP and Edmonton Police, and things are now starting to turn very quiet on that front. Scott, uh, we're learning more about the suspect, uh, 30-year-old Abdullah Sharif. Again, he's been charged with five counts of attempted murder, five counts of criminal flight causing bodily harm, dangerous driving, one count of possession of a weapon for a dangerous uh, purpose. What else do we know? I believe he came to Canada in 2012. 2012. What else can you tell us about him? Government-sponsored refugee program for one year, investigated in 2015 and questioned by RCMP. However, police then determined that there wasn't enough evidence to lay charges. He was not considered a risk to public safety. Uh, immigration, or sorry, Infrastructure Minister Amarjeet Sohi was on Global this morning. And at the news conference uh, later this morning, we were told that uh, Sharif, the Somali refugee, came into Canada and that he was sponsored by a federal government program for one year. However, and I'll play the very short clip for you, this is uh, Amarjeet Soy saying it's not the case. 
I understand this individual did not come through the government-sponsored uh, refugee programs or individually-sponsored uh, refugee program. This was uh, one of those incidents where uh, he Order. came on his, uh, his own. And the federal cabinet, they held a cabinet meeting this morning, with so he participating by phone, but he wouldn't even confirm that the Edmonton attack was part of the discussion, but you can pretty well bet that he that it was. So that's interesting, though, because police are saying one thing and Amarjeet Sohi is saying something completely different. Yes. Who do you believe? I mean, Ralph Goodale, who do you believe? <laughs> Ralph Goodale, didn't he make a statement this afternoon, too, in Regina? So yeah. 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 Lots of questions that are unanswered, and it'll probably be some time before that changes, and we might find out some more when Sharif uh, makes a court appearance tomorrow. So backing up just for a second, Scott, and, uh, you know, in 2015, he was investigated and eventually brought down to K-Division. You mentioned that they didn't see or that they had, uh, police had said that there was no reason to lay a charge. Why was he investigated? There were complaints from, I believe, co-workers Mm-hmm. that he was saying things, but uh, nothing to substantiate it. And curious, um, was it addressed at all, or was the question asked to um, the representative from Inset today about what happens, you know, once the investigation is done, do they go back and check up on him or anything, or is it once it's done, cleared, nothing to worry about, do they just wipe their hands clean and, and, and move along? Kind of asked, not answered. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, very interesting. And uh, what do we know? Yeah, yeah. I just want to know, and, and you know, if you don't know, Scott, you don't know. Um, I'm, I'm trying to understand so that once you're um, accepted as a refugee, and he holds the status of a convention refugee. Well, according to someone, according to someone some else people, is saying not right, at all. But that assumes that he's uh, living outside of his country, that he cannot return to his country because of fear of death or political, you know, whatever. Um, does once once uh, designated as whatever type of refugee, does he then hold all the exact same rights as a Canadian-born citizen? So in other words, that uh, police would have to prove that he was an absolute threat, or, or does is there a lighter standard for a refugee? I, I'm, gu- I'm guessing the standards are the same, but I don't really know. Yeah. Uh, Superintendent Talbot was asked this morning about his wife, in Africa and mm-hmm. didn't go there either. So Yeah, because what we've been told in some uh, reports are saying that he has no dependent kids in his care but is married. His wife resides in Africa. Uh, a work permit that he had expired in May 31st, uh, May 31st of this year. So still lots of questions there and I'm guessing that that's going to be pieced together um, over the coming uh, months as we move closer uh, to um, uh, another court appearances and, and, and the resolution of this. What do we know as far as uh, next court appearance? Scott. Tomorrow and uh, the other thing that came out today and that was from Inspector Carlos Cardoza of the EPS Major Crimes Unit that they were releasing a picture of him and he was very quick to point out that the marks on his face were from the two collisions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, said he had abrasions on the face. Yeah, that's right. Safe to assume that now charges have been laid that there will be no more media avails with regard to this incident? That is probably the clearest statement that's been made this whole day. Yeah, okay. Scott Johnson joining us. Uh, Scott, thanks for your coverage uh, throughout the weekend. We look forward to um, hearing more of it in the coming weeks ahead. Thanks, Scott. Thank you. All righty. It's 2.28 on the 6.30 Chet Afternoon News. We'll take a break here for the 2.30 News headlines. Uh, when we come back, Reggie Cicchini from uh, Global Nationals Washington Bureau will join us again with an update. Uh, we'll update you on what's happening in Vegas.
The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.